0: Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Palm Sunday. How many people are glad to be in the house this morning? Well, a shout out welcome to our church family also that has joined us today online and our many guests that have joined us from across the city of Ottawa, across Canada, and even from around the world. We receive emails during the week of people who have joined us from around the world. How many people are ready for God's word? Come on, are you ready? Come on, are you ready for God's Word. Well, I have a Palm Sunday message that's been burning in my heart that it's been percolating for a number of weeks and I couldn't wait to share. But I think a great place to start is to bow our heads. Could we bow our heads together? Father God, I am so honored to stand on this platform today. And I thank you, God, for everyone that has joined us here on site, for everyone who's joined us online. I'm asking God that you would give us ears to hear, hearts to receive. Help me, God, to unpack what I believe you want me to share. And we just give you the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. I want to take a few meaningful moments this morning to talk to you about a a visitation from God, a visitation from God. And as we begin this message today, I want to unpack for you what does it Biblically mean to have a, a visitation from God. And to understand this, I need to take us back to the, to the early days of the early church and talk to you about two Greek words that are specifically used for time. And maybe you've heard these words before. The first word is chronos, C-R-O-N-O-S, chronos time. And chronos time speaks of the chronology of time. Chronos time speaks of the, the sequence of time It's clock time, it's calendar time, it's marked by seconds, by minutes, by hours, by days, by weeks, by months. I think we understand that. That's the chronology of time, time as it patterns forward from the past to the present to the future. But there's another Greek word that is used that we want to zero in on today. It's called kairos, kairos time. And kairos is a very unique Greek word that speaks of an opportune time. It speaks of a, a fixed time. It speaks of a God season or a God moment where God shows up and God visits. And God does something in you or God does something through you or God does something for you. And I felt the spirit of God speak to me over the past number of weeks that we can get caught in, 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 in Kronos living and I believe the Lord wants me to declare today a word. How can we be Kairos people living in a Kronos world? How can we experience those God moments, those God seasons where God shows up and God visits us and God does something in us and for us and through us? It's a fixed time. It's an opportune time. And we don't want to miss what God is doing right now. And I felt the Spirit of the Lord say to me, to say to the house, whether you're here on site or online, that we can get caught in this coronavirus season in the chronological time. I can't wait for this to get over. I can't wait for everything to get back to normal. I can't wait till the vaccination comes out. I can't wait till we don't have to wear masks. I can't wait until, and sometimes when you're living so much in the tomorrow, you miss what God wants to do. In the moment. And I feel the Spirit of the Lord's given me a word for the house today. Let's not miss what God wants to do right now. Let's not be a people in this Kronos world. Let's be a people who are living in this Kronos world, but understand Kairos living. And so I want to take you for a couple of moments as we begin to Luke chapter 19. If you got your Bible, turn with me to Luke 19. And this is the first Palm Sunday. This is the beginning of Holy Week. This is Passion Week. And Jesus had began his triumphal entry, but there's a couple of verses here that stood out. In verse 41, now as he drew near, he saw the city and he wept over it. And here is Jesus coming into Jerusalem, bawling his eyes out, and he's moved deep within. him. It's not a little tear coming down his eye. He's passionately calling and crying. He's weeping over Jerusalem. Have you ever wondered why was Jesus weeping over Jerusalem? Let's read on. He said in verse 42, if you had no one." Even you talking about the Israelites, talking about the Jewish people, especially in this your day, I underline those words, your day. It's like, it's like Jesus was saying, this is your day. This is your moment. This is your season. This is your Kairos time. This is your day. The things that make for your peace, but now they're hidden from your eyes. Verse 41, and he begins to prophesy for days will come upon you. And he begins to see ahead when Jerusalem was attacked, when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side. And, 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 and literally, Jerusalem was under siege for 183 days. In verse 44, level you and your children within you to the ground. And they were not leaving you one stone upon another. Watch this, because you didn't know the time, the kairos of your visitation. Because the Jewish people were living in Kronos time, they missed the Kairos time. Jesus was there. Jesus had shown up. The Redeemer had arrived. The Messiah had come. And they missed the God moment. They missed the God season. They missed the fixed time. They missed Jesus who had come to set them free from their sins. And I declare in this house today that I don't want us as a church to be a people that misses what God is trying and wanting and desiring to do in my life and in your life and in this church and in this city and in the nation of Canada. I believe that on God's prophetic calendar, this season is a fixed season. This is an opportune season. This is a God season. This is a God moment. God has something he is up to that he wants to do in you and through you and for you. And how many people on site or online don't wanna miss what God is up to right now in our lives and in his church and in the nation of Canada? So as I begin this message today, I want to talk to you now for a a few moments, some scriptures. Here, I want to give you, here are six times in the Bible where God visited his people, where God showed up, where God manifested to his people, and his presence was real, and a kairos moment happened. So the first thing, I want to give you six things. Number one, I want you to write this in your notes, a fulfillment of prophecy and a removal of barrenness, a fulfillment of prophecy and a and a removal of barrenness where God literally visited Abraham and Sarah. And there was a fulfillment of prophecy. was a prophetic word that was fulfilled and a barrenness that was removed. And the context is in Genesis chapter 17. Abraham is 99 years old. So I know you're awake. Everybody say 99. One, two, three, 99. And Sarah is 90 years old. It's okay to turn to your neighbor and say they are elderly, and she is way beyond the year of bearing child. He's an old man, and she's a seasoned lady. Notice I didn't call her an old lady. And she's way beyond her season of bearing children. And God showed up to Abraham and said, I got a word for you. There's going to be a nation that's going to come forth from you, and you're going to give birth to a son. It's not Ishmael. You're going to give birth to a son through Sarah. And he started to laugh. This is possible. This can't happen. She's way beyond her time of bearing children. And yet you know that she bore child and she gave birth to Isaac. And I want to read to you Genesis 21, 1 and 2. And the Lord, watch this, visited Sarah. This is one of the six times that the word visit is found in the Bible. The Lord visited Sarah. The Lord showed up to Sarah. The Lord did a kairos moment. He said, And the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken, as he had said. And the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time for which God had spoken to him. At the kairos moment, God spoke and the word was fulfilled. And she who was barren conceived. And she who had conceived gave birth. And Isaac came forth, hear me today. I believe this is a prophetic word for this church. That some of you today feel like there's a barrenness in your life. You feel like it's over. You feel like your season is done. You feel like God can't do anything else in you or through you. It's over because of age or it's over because of what you've done in life. It's over because of whatever you can fill in the blank. But God would say to the house today that he's about to birth some new things in this church and new things in your life. He's about to do something in the supernatural realm that you have never experienced before and there are prophetic words that God has spoken in your heart I believe this is the season that God is going to move his church from barrenness to bringing forth some newness of life in the name of Jesus somebody give a little clap offering of praise to the Lord number two a recognition that God has seen our pain and he's come to act God has literally looked down and he's seen our pain And he's come to act. And the context here is God's people, the Jewish people, the Israelites, were for 400 years under bondage to the Egyptians under the different pharaohs. And they were in slavery. And they were in oppression for 400 years. Generation after generation after generation after generation, slavery and bondage and oppression. And grandmas and grandpas were waiting for deliverance. Their children were waiting for deliverance. Their grandchildren, their great-grandchildren, their great-grandchildren. On and 400 years of bondage and oppression under the Egyptians, under the pharaohs of the day. And one day, there's a man named Moses, and he's out in the fields tending the the, the sheep of his father-in-law, Jethro. You know the story. and He is a, a God encounter, and God shows up to him, manifests in a burning bush, and puts a call on his life and says, I'm gonna raise you up, and I'm gonna use you to bring deliverance for my people. And you know you know what Moses said? I, I can't speak, I stutter. God, how can you use me? And God said, what's in your hand? And it was a staff. He threw it to the ground, turned into a snake. He picked it up, came back to the staff, and God said, I am going to use you I'm going to do something through you, and this is going to be a Kairos moment for my people. They've been in bondage for 400 years, but I'm going to set my people free. Amen. So let's pick up the story in Exodus 4, The Lord said to Aaron, Aaron is Moses' brother, go into the wilderness to meet Moses. So he went and he met him at the mountain of God. He goes to the mountain of God where God was speaking to Moses, and he kissed him in the ancient Jewish way, he embraced him. He kissed his cheek. And so Moses, verse 28, told Aaron all the words that the Lord had sent him. He tells him everything that God had spoken to him. He talks about the burning bush, talks about how God said to him, go to Pharaoh, ask him to set my people free. You're going to do signs and wonders, all the signs which he has commanded him. Verse 29, then Moses and his brother Aaron went, and gathered together, all the elders of the children of Israel. Watch this. And Aaron spoke all the words which the Lord had spoken to Moses. Aaron was the spokesman. Moses heard from God. Aaron spoke. Then he did the signs in the sight of the people. Watch verse 31. So the people believed when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel and that he had looked under affliction. Then they bowed their heads and they worshiped. What happened here is that the people of God realized that God had visited them and he had seen their affliction and he had seen that they'd been in oppression for 400 years. And so God was saying, now is your time. My hand is on Moses and I'm going to use Moses and you people, you're going to be set free from your Egyptian. But enough is enough. Enough. And I look out to the house today and I and I look to you or watching online that there's some of you, it may not have been obviously not 400 years, but for some of you, it's been weeks, some months, some years, and you're saying enough is enough. And I prophetically say to the house, God is about to give you a kairos moment, a fixed moment that you're going to be brought from bondage into freedom. You're going to move from sickness to healing. You're going to move from depression to peace. You're going to move from mountain to mountain being gone. You're going to move from a Red Sea to the parting of the Red Sea. You're going to move from what was to what God wants to be in the name of the Lord. Somebody, somebody shout amen in this place. Amen. The third thing I want to delve in for a few moments, the third time visit is mentioned. I want to talk to you about divine help. I want to talk to you for a few moments about provision, divine help. I want to talk to you about provision. We're going to look in a couple of moments at the book of Ruth. And there's a lady in those days, her name is Naomi. Just again, so I know you're awake. Everybody say Naomi, one, two, three, Naomi. And Naomi had a husband, Elimelech. And Naomi and Elimelech lived in Bethlehem. And they were Ephrathites, and they're living in Bethlehem. And here is Naomi and Elimelech. And they had two sons, Malon and Kilion, And the Bible declares that there was a famine in Bethlehem. All of a sudden, famine swept Bethlehem. There's no bread. There's no food. A famine hits the land. And so Naomi and Elimelech get their two sons, and they move to Moab, and they go into Moab. And while they're in Moab, we learn that her husband, Elimelech, died. And while she's there, not only did her husband die, her two boys got married, one married a lady named Orpah, another married a lady named Ruth. Here it is. And over the course of time, her two sons died. Her husband died, her two sons died, and now she's with her two daughter-in-laws, and she's in Moab, and let's pick it up in verse number five, Ruth chapter one. So the woman survived. In other words, she was left without her two sons and her husband Her husband died. Her boys had died. Now she's got her two daughter-in-law. look at verse six. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord, watch this, had visited his people by giving them bread. God visited Bethlehem. He manifested himself He stepped into the chronos of time of a famine and he moved them into a kairos season and they experienced divine intervention and he visited Bethlehem and he gave them bread. Look at verse seven. Therefore, she went out from the place where she was and her two daughter-in-laws with her and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah to go to Bethlehem because God had visited Bethlehem and broke the famine and divinely gave them bread. How many people know Jesus is called the bread of life? And I wanna prophetically, I just feel prophecy all over me this past number of weeks that God's church has experienced a spiritual season of famine And there's many of you sitting here today, you're saying, why aren't we seeing signs and wonders? Why aren't we seeing more miracles? Why aren't we seeing more breakthroughs? Why aren't we seeing a a great move of God? And I feel the Lord wants me to say, not just for this church, but for the nation of Canada, famine is over. God is about to show up. Jesus, the bread of life, is about to show up. He's about to take us from famine into experience of the manifested divine Kairos presence of mighty God. It was in 1906 that people flocked to Los Angeles to experience the Azusa Street Revival. And I pray that the day would come that God would light a fire in churches all across Canada, including this church, that the fire of God would burn so much that people would come from across this region and across the nation of Canada to come experience the move of God in this place. And they would take the revival that is happening in this place back to their communities. And God would sweep across the nation of Canada Canada. Famine is over. It's Kairos time, and Jesus is about to do some great things in these last days. Amen. The fourth thing I want to share with you quickly restoration of inheritance and homecoming. Restoration of inheritance and homecoming. A restoring of what was and a coming back to what needs to be. And I want to take you in a couple of moments to Jeremiah 29. And the context is God's people had been exiled from Jerusalem to Babylon. And they were in Babylonian captivity for 70 years. And while they were in captivity, they they built their homes. They planted their crops. Their children got married. And they settled in Babylon for 70 years, for 70 years. Now, let's pick it up in verse 10. Jeremiah 29, verse 10. For thus says the Lord. Because there is a kairos time, and kairos means fixed time. It means opportune time. It means appointed time. It means God moment. It's on God's calendar. After 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you. I will show up to you. I will manifest myself to you and perform my good word towards you and cause you to return to this place. And then comes verse 11, the verse that most of us know, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And I felt the Lord say to me that there's gonna be people watching online, and people in the house on Sunday morning that feel like God is against them. I got a word for you today, God is not against you, he is for you. God doesn't hate you, He loves you. He is not out to curse you, he is here to bless you. He has thoughts towards you and the thoughts are thoughts of love and 70 years are about to be completed and he's gonna bring us to a better season, to a great season, to a God season, to a now season. No coronavirus, no coronavirus, no world pandemic can stop what God Almighty wants to do in this season. Somebody give a little clap offering of praise to the Lord God Almighty. Number five, the ultimate... Divine visitation in the Bible is Jesus, because it's always about Jesus. People ask me, what are you preaching on Sunday? I said, Jesus. What's your point, Jesus? It's always Jesus. You see, in the Old Testament, it all pointed towards the Messiah, the Redeemer coming. But you come to the end of Malachi, you may not know this. There was literally 400 years of silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament. You imagine, if you were living in between the Old and the New Testament, and for 400 years, from grandma and grandpa, great-grandma and grandpa, to to, to grandma and grandpa, to the children, to the grandchildren, for generation after 400 years of silence. And finally, you come into the New Testament, and the silence is broken, because the fullness of time had come, and God sends forth his son. On God's prophetic calendar, he said, this is the season that I'm bringing forth my son, Jesus, and he's gonna leave heaven, he's gonna come By the way, there's another Kairos time that I believe is nearer than we could ever imagine. It's the Kairos time of the return of Jesus Christ when the trumpet of God sounds and the dead in Christ rise first, and those of us that are alive in Christ are caught up to be with the Lord forever. Church, how many people are excited for the Kairos? moment when Jesus comes back for his church now Jesus had a cousin named John John the Baptist John the Baptist had parents Zechariah and Elizabeth and Zechariah was a priest he was a devout man of God and I want to read to you verse 67 verse 68 and verse 78 of Luke chapter one which is the fifth time we see where God visited his people Verse 67, now his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit. I love that, that'll preach. I wish I had time to camp on that. And he prophesied, saying, blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. Zechariah understood that this wasn't just a man, Jesus, this was God-man, this was God in flesh. And he had come to redeem his people. He has come to redeem his people, amen. Now, I wanna take you down to verse 78 because it's a powerful verse. Through the, This is what Zachariah said, through the tender mercy of our God with which the day spring from on high has visited us, has manifested himself. Kairos time showed up, Kairos moment, the day spring. I started the word day spring, and it meant two things. Number one, it meant the dawning of the morning. Let me camp on that for a moment. You ever stayed up all night? You ever watched the sunrise? How many people know it's the darkest before the dawn? It's dark and then the sun rises. And the ancient Hebrew word that Luke picks up, your doctor Luke picks up as he's quoting Zechariah, is an ancient Greek word that's been translated dayspring, but better translated. I love this, rising sun, rising, S-U-N. And I think the reason why Zechariah used the word rising sun Because the dawning of the morning, the dayspring, is the brightness coming when it's the darkest, but it's a play on words of the rising sun, S-O-N, because you and I know that Jesus, the Son of God, went to the cross and died. They put him in the grave, and Saturday was dark day. Saturday was silent day. But up from the grave on Easter Sunday morning, he arose, and Jesus is our morning, our, our rising sun. Jesus is our day spring. And some of you today, I prophesy over you, it might feel dark, but morning is coming. The night might feel long, but the son Jesus is about to show up and do what only he can do. And I feel the Lord wants me to say, you do your best, but you let God do the rest. Some of you, you've been fighting this in your own strength. Stop fighting your battle. Let the Lord fight your battle. Let Jesus, the rising son, do what only, He can do. Somebody give a clap offering of praise to the Lord God Almighty. The last one I want to zero in on is number six, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Joel prophesied that in the last days, God was going to pour out a spirit upon sons and daughters. Your old man are going to dream dreams and your young man are going to see visions and he's going to send a mighty move of Holy Spirit. Joe prophesied it. John the Baptist preached it. He said, I baptize you in water, but there's one coming whose sandals I'm not even worthy to untie. He's gonna baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. Joe prophesied it, John the Baptist preached it, and Jesus promised it. Jesus, who's shown up in an upper room, With the disciples after his death in the 10 days between his resurrection and his ascension, he showed up to the disciples and he breathed the Holy Spirit into them. And then he said, as recorded in the gospel of John, I must go so that the Holy Spirit will come and it's fulfilled. It began to be fulfilled in Acts chapter two on the day of Pentecost, when the believers who had the spirit in them were in the upper room and the windows of heaven opened up and there was the sound of a mighty rushing wind and tongues of fire came and separated upon each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And there There was moves of God all through the book of Acts. There have been moves of God all through church history. And I believe we're about to step into a Cairo season, a fixed season of the outpouring of Holy Spirit in these last days. And no building can contain what God is about to do. Somebody say amen. Verse 19 of Acts chapter 3, Repent therefore and be converted. There's always a call for repentance before an outpouring. Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing, the kairos of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And I just want to say to the house today, there's nothing like the presence of the Lord. I was so moved being here this morning as Pastor Brad and the team are leading us in worship. The presence of the Lord is in this place. And I believe God wants to send a season of refreshing to his weary church and give us a refreshing move of Holy Spirit. Somebody give a little clap offering of praise to the Lord God. As I wrap up this brief word, I want to talk to you for three, three things. Lastly, three ways to get ready, three ways to position ourselves for the Kairos moment, for the visitation from God. The first thing I felt the Lord wanted me to say to the house, number one, is understand God's timing. God is never early. God is never late. And for some of you, it feels like it's 1159, but he's showing up. This is the now moment. God is something he wants to do today. You got to understand God's timing. 400 years, the Israelites were under the oppression of the Egyptians, and God said, Ah, Enough is enough. After 400 years, I'm going to raise up Moses to set my people free. When the Israelites were in Babylon for 70 years, God says, the time is now completed. You're going back home to Jerusalem. You're going back home. And I believe on God's prophetic calendar, the fullness of time is happening. And there's something that he has has set for this day, for this season, for this moment. We're in a now moment. Let's not miss, come on church, I hope you're hearing me. Let's not miss the now moment. Let's not keep saying, I can't wait till it's over. I can't wait till it's all. Don't, when you focus on what can and should and what might be in the days ahead, you're gonna miss what God is wanting to do right now. We gotta understand God's timing. Galatians 4.4, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born into law. When the fullness of time had come, it's like like a mother expecting to give birth to a child. And she awakens her husband and said, it's time. It's now. Get me to the hospital, Pastor Kyle Natasha. Wouldn't it be be just absolutely wild if this was the moment right now? Not, Not today, not today, not today. They're expecting, not today though, not delivery today. But every parent knows that now it's time. Get me to the hospital. I'm about to give birth. The nine months have come to completion. And I believe Jesus is saying to the house today, now is the time. This is the season. This is the moment when the fullness of time had come. I want to take you to John chapter 5. I'm going to read verse 19 in a moment, but I want to read verse 17, because the the Pharisees were critiquing critiquing Jesus because he had healed someone on the Sabbath uh, who was by a pool. He was lame, and he did a miracle, and they went at Jesus. And Jesus said in verse 17, but Jesus answered them, my father has been working until now. My, My father is working. My daddy, my heavenly father has been working until now, and I've been working my father's working and I'm working. Jump down to verse 19. Then Jesus answered and said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do for whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. There's a sermon right here where Jesus is saying, my father is working, and I'm working, and I'm only working what my father is working, what my father does. I want to do. Here's the word today. The church has spent too many years saying, God bless what we are doing. I think it's time the church discovers what God is blessing and starts doing what God is blessing and stop praying my will be done, but start saying, Lord, your will be done. Your will be done. Do you want to do your word, your work or God's work? The father is working. And Jesus said, I'm only doing what my daddy's doing. And I believe Jesus is saying to the house, let's get into the flow of what Jesus is up to. Let's tap into what he is doing. Number one, understand, understand God's time. Number two, pray in the season of visitation from God. Prayer, prayer is so key. Prayer is so key. I hope you saw it on, on, the, on, the, on the announcements. Tonight is all church prayer. And church, I'm calling you, I'm inviting you. If you can be on site tonight, six to seven, be here. If you can't be on site, join online. Prayer is the key. We must keep praying in the season of visitation from God. Jeremiah 29, after God said, God said to Jeremiah, the 70 years are about to be complete. I'm gonna bring you back home. Look at verse 12. Then you will call upon me go and pray to me I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search me with all your heart verse 14 I will be found by you says the Lord I will bring you back from your captivity I will gather you from all the nations from all the places where I have driven you says the Lord and then in Jeremiah 29:14 I will bring you to the place which I caused you to be carried away captive and then Zechariah 10:1 ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain pray in your season of visitation. It was in the 1800s, a bunch of college students went to London, England to the Metropolitan Tabernacle that was pastored by the great Charles Hayden Spurgeon. You remember that name, Charles Hayden Spurgeon? And they get to the tabernacle for Sunday evening service, they're early, they're sitting on the front steps, and a man comes and said, hey, the service hasn't started yet, but you want a tour? And they said, sure. And he walks him through the building. He shows him that the, the sanctuary, shows him all the building. And it's a hot July day. And he says, "One, one more thing. Do you want to see the furnace room?" And they're like, "It's so hot. We don't want to see the furnace room, but but we don't want to be rude. So if you want to show us the furnace room, go ahead." And he takes him downstairs, and he opens the door, and there's hundreds of people on their knees praying. And he said, "This is the furnace room." And they soon learned that the man who gave them the tour was none other than Charles Hayden Spurgeon himself. And Charles Hayden Spurgeon said the furnace room of our church is the prayer room and church. The engine of this house is the prayer room. We got to seek the face of almighty God. Come on, somebody, come on. Somebody say amen. We got to seek the face of almighty God. I close with this and i invite the worship band and team to come. Number three. May God help you and I to cooperate with God through obedience. That we would get ourselves to the place, God, if this is the now moment, if this is the kairos moment, if this is the fixed time moment, if this is the season that you want to do something for me, in me, and through me, what are you asking me to do? Cooperate participate with God through obedience I want to invite you to stand to your feet as I read these final scriptures and if would you stand with me this morning in 1st Samuel chapter 17 God's hand was all over David Goliath was there and in verse 45 David said to the Philistine you come to me with sword You come to me with a spear. You come to me with a javelin. But I'm coming against you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. There's a boldness over David. And we just finished a sermon series from Daniel, and I just want to say to the house again, God wants you and I to rise up with Holy Ghost boldness and courage. You come to me with sword and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty. This day, verse 46, the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I'm going to strike you, and I'm going to take, take your head from you. <laughs> Verse 46, in this day I will give you the carcass of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air, to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God of Israel. Verse 47, Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's. And he, the battle is the Lord's. Pastor Brad, that's the song we're going to go into. The battle is the Lord. Can we do that one? The battle is the Lord's. And he will give you into our hands. Come on, give a clap off and a praise to the Lord God Almighty. 1 Kings chapter 17, a widow in Zarephath had no food in her house. And Prophet Elijah shows up. And Elijah said to her in verse 13, Don't fear. Go and do as you've said. Make me a small cake from it first. She didn't have enough food for her own self and her son. He said, make me a small cake from it first, and bring it to me, and afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, verse 14, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth, verse 15. So she went away and she did according to the word of Elijah, and she and he and her household ate for many days, the bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Come on, church. I hope you're getting this this morning. God called her. Elijah spoke to her. God spoke through Elijah to her to do something that didn't make sense, to give her last to Elijah. And when she was obedient, God released the blessing. Here's the word. God might ask you to do something that doesn't make sense, but obedience is going to release the outpouring and the blessing of God in your life. Amen. And I want to close with this. Because some of you have been emailing me saying, Mark, remind me again of the two verses that God gave to you about staying the course. Habakkuk 1.5, look among the nations and watch. Be utterly astounded. For I will work a work in your days which you could not believe, though it were told you. I'm about to do some things that you wouldn't even think are possible even if I told you. I receive that right now in Jesus' name. And then Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, let us not go to weary church. We're doing good for in due season, in the Kairos moment, we're going to reap a harvest. We're going to reap a harvest if we don't give up. Now, Everybody say now, one, two, three. Come on, lift your voice, say it again, one, two, three. I want you to lift your hands towards the heavens. God wants to do something right now in this place. Right now in this place, God Almighty wants to do something right now in this place. Right now, people are going to be healed people are going to be healed right now in this place right now 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 Jesus I believe this is a kairos moment I believe this is a, the battle is the Lord's we're not going to we're not going to fight it in the flesh now 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 is the moment amen 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 go ahead pastor Brad
1: nothing to feed them for I save you come on when I fight so when I fight I'll fight
0: towards the heavens. Father God, before we move to the final moments of this service today, I pray for anyone standing in this auditorium that's never asked you to be the center of their life. Anyone who's watching online, who's never asked you to be the center of their life, that today they would invite you to be the center of their life in the name of Jesus. I pray God for everyone here on site, for everyone watching online, that now would be the time of a kairos season, a fixed time, a fixed moment, a God moment, that you would do something, Lord God, in us and through us and for us in the name of Jesus. We pray, God, that we would experience all that you have for us. Help us, Lord, not to miss what you want to do in this place in the days ahead. So, God, we just give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise, and all the thanks in the matchless, wonderful name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. Come on, give one loud clap offering of praise to the Lord God. Amen. Amen. Well, take a seat in God's presence. I want to take a couple of meaningful moments just to chat to you just about some uh, Easter weekend and just a few other things. We are so excited about Easter weekend. And you heard in the announcements, Good Friday at 10 o'clock, Easter Sunday morning at 9 or 1030 or 12. And just to be very transparent and upfront, you probably heard some talk on the street that Ottawa might be going to gray zone. And you might be thinking, if we go to gray zone, what does that mean? It means we're in gray zone but we could still worship on site. Praise be to the Lord. And there's a few, uh, limitation of size capacities that how that will affect us. But we are confident that even if we step into gray zone, we could still make it all happen on site. 10 o'clock, good Friday, nine o'clock, 1030 and 12 noon on Sunday. Come on isn't that great news. We thank God for that. And I want to encourage you to go all out this week, spreading the word and uh, use your social media presence to invite people to join us on site or online. And let's believe God for just a powerful, great weekend. Tonight, again, I hope you can join us tonight. It's going to be great. And if you're our guest, can we one more time give a great big shout out welcome to all of our guests tonight today. And if you're our guest, first time guest on site on your way out, uh, we have a coffee card for you. It's our way of saying thank you for joining us today. Well, I want to share with you, it's kind of a little bittersweet announcement. Um, just a wonderful lady in our church served for 18 years as our, our office administrator and Carol Ann Stegg has done an amazing job. And she is going to be stepping into retirement. And we celebrate 18 years. She's right here in the first service. Come on, we celebrate her amazing Faithful, incredible years. And, and Carol Ann, you've made the difference. And I can remember the day we brought you onto the team 18 years ago. And we thank you for your amazing, faithful service. And so, over the next number of once, months, she's going to step into a season of retirement. So, it's bittersweet. We're sad to see her step down, but we're happy for her and Wally for this new season. And we wanted to share that with you. If you've come prepared to give, there's, there's buckets at the back, there's debit machines in the lobby. And if you'd like personal prayer, there's a team of people that are gonna stay right here at the front and you're welcome to come up. We'd love to pray for you. Again, I hope you could join us tonight. God bless you. Evelyn and I love you. Have a great day. And we celebrate this Easter week. God bless you.